Oh, Jesus, you're awesome. Okay, so today I really want to speak about the power of being still. The power of being still. And Pastor John actually started touching on it last Sunday and the Sunday before. Now, um, if you think of being still, most of you probably will think of Psalm 46, verse 10. Exodus 14, 14. If you don't know, be still and know that I am God. Now, if you look at the Psalm 46, if you go and look at the history of that Psalm, it's actually quite incredible. Do you know that that Psalm was written in a time of war? Did you know that it was in that time, I actually read about it, it was a time uh, written of uh, Jehoshaphat when the enemies of Moab and came against Israel, God arose as their strength and helped with supernatural intervention in their trouble. Second Chronicles 20 verse 1 to 30, Psalm 46 was written in a time of war. You'll read that psalm very different. Now, did you know that the Psalm 46 was also called the Psalm of God, our refuge? The psalm of God, a present help. The psalm of God, a mighty fortress. The psalm of triumph faith. The psalm of confidence. That's what Psalm 46, they would categorize it. Did you know Psalm 46 was also called the Lutheran psalm? Martin Luther, when they went to travel times, he would call all these people together. Let's start singing Psalm 46. I didn't know. I found it out. It was quite cool. So now, let's read Psalm 46 from verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their sea lie. Sit and pause and think on that. Next one. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Ha, the holy place where the Most High dwells. You, the city of God. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. Ha, Selah. Oh no, not Eli yet. The God Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Eli, and think on that. Ha! Come and see the works of the Lord. The desolate he will brought on the earth. He makes war cease and the ends, uh, to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and scatters the spear. He Burns the shields with fire. <laughs> Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord God is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. In the midst of war, 
this psalm was written. I want to put a question just there. Maybe I'm running heat now. What war are you in? It's like Pastor John, leave it there. <laughs> Be still and know that I'm God. Some people really need to be still. So I want to touch on one point, that just looking at the scripture, knowing God. We really know God. We desire to know Him. And you know, He wants to be known by us. He did everything that He could do for you to know Him. Everything. And if you can position yourself, be still and know. Oh, I didn't know that's going to fit in. But if you can position yourself, <laughs> be still and know that he's God. Now, did you know that the word knowing, it's got a very different meaning of what we understand of knowing. You know, you know the person down the street. You know, I know you from meeting you for the first time. You know, I know you from association or whatever the case might be. But ancient Hebrew, the word knowing means completely different. It means to know someone if they have a personal intimate relationship. Okay. Now, to know is to actually know a person personally and to have an intimate relationship with him. When you learn to, you put yourself in a position to know him. Oh, my shakaranda. At an intimate way. He's continuously drawing you in for you to know him, continuously. How do we really know sometimes how good we know him? Go through something. When we go through something, we actually then realize how much do we know of him. Do we start blaming him, blaming him? Do we go through something? Oh, you've disappointed me, you failed me. I'm going through something. When it's all good, it's like, yeah, God's good. Yeah, awesome. But when you go through something, you have the same attitude about it. And he's always good. We all go through stuff. We all go through circumstances. Don't let your circumstances change your understanding about his goodness. He's always good. He remains good. What you go through does not define his character. It does not define his goodness. He remains good, regardless what you are going through. Regardless, he remains good. He remains good. Do never question his goodness, ever. Settle in your heart. When you go through something... Even if it doesn't make sense, it's also okay. When you go through something that doesn't make sense, say, Father, I don't understand this thing. My logical mind says so different things, but you still remain good, and you're still my Father, and you are with me, and you will guide me, and you will lead me, and I don't understand why this mortgage is not being paid for, but you are good. I don't understand why this person passed away, which I prayed for cancer, but you remain good. I don't understand why they took my car away, but you remain good. You know, it's all about your character. It's character, 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 character. 
Now, God is continuously inviting us to experience Him in worship, in word, in ministry. He is also inviting you to be still, to experience Him. How many times, about, I think it was last week, we sang that song, Pastures of Praise, and right in the middle of it, we stopped. You remember that? How many people felt very awkward? Honestly, who felt like, what just happened? Who felt like, oh my goodness, that the sound just happened? Who felt, because I was standing there, and I was like, oh, I could feel people's awkwardness. They feeling like awkward, like, ah! Suddenly it's still, <laughs> you know? But, and those things are good. Worship is good. Word is good. Ministry, I love it. But there's also a place where this needs to happen for you. There's the intimacy God is inviting you continuously in, and He can only do it with you and Him. Corporate anointing is good. This must happen. This is important. People that say you shouldn't go to church, you need to... This is important. This is the place where fellowship gets taken place. It's the place where you can get to know person and people in the fellowship of the saints and the corporate anointing. Oh, wow. But there's also a place where you need to get alone and be still. One day I was standing, we were prayer meeting. I said, God, just come and love me. He said to me, I will come and just love you right now. But you know what? how amazing it is when you're alone? Because there's an intimacy that happens when you're alone. There's an intimacy between a married couple that cannot be shared. That happens alone, behind closed doors. How much more God? How much more you and him? Jesus, you and me. <laughs> Come and sit here. <laughs> you and him. You and him. Matthew 11, verse 28 to 13. I'll just read it for you. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and lean from me. Oh, wow. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So today... You make a decision to take your burden off and lean it on Him. And you're going to find strength from Him. Be still and know that He's God. You know the word be still means to be weak, to let go, to release. It can also be translated, cause yourself to let go. And this one I actually quite like, believe it or not. Let yourself become weak. There's nothing wrong about being weak. You know, you have been created with strengths and weaknesses. Have you ever thought of saying, thank you, Jesus, for my weaknesses? I'm not saying immorality stuff. I'm talking about I've got a weakness of standing in front here and speaking, you know. Or I've got a weakness in whatever the situation you might be. I'm not talking about immoral, but I'm talking about where something you've put yourself in a bracket in that's not you. Like, I can't speak. I could never stand up here and preach, to be honest with you. God just put me in places in front of 
school and I had to speak in front of the school suddenly and like, believe me, yeah. So his glory gets shown through your weakness. Have you ever thought of, thank you, Jesus, I'm shy. I'm so glad I'm shy because you're going to show yourself through the shyness. Have you ever thought of that? But in his weakness, his glory will be revealed. No, let's quickly. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 to 11. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. In my weakness, his power will be made perfect. Oh, wow. Thank you, Jesus, for my weaknesses. Because you're going to show yourself. Because then I'm just going to realize more, this is really not me. (laughs) This is all you. (laughs) I'm not taking responsibility. It's you. (laughs) Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest upon me me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight. I take delight in my weakness. In insult, in hardship, even in those, oh Jesus, (laughs) in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties, take delight in that. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. You can look at yourself now and see, okay, I'm weak in this area. I'm weak in this area. I'm weak in this area. And, you know, stop judging yourself and stop condemning yourself in your weakness. Embrace it. And allow God to use that for His glory. Um, Who knows Chris Valentol? Okay. I started listening to some of his stuff. It's hilarious. I love his preaching. And short story short, but in Redding, California, that uh, university there. And what happened is that he was asked, the dean of the university approached him and said, listen, we would like you to, uh, we'd like to give you a doctrine, okay? And he's like, oh, wow, because they use these material in a university. So he's like, yeah, that would be really awesome. So he's like planning how to do a thesis. He didn't even know what a thesis was. He had to Google what a thesis means. And so he explained his book that he was busy writing. And um, so as he was preparing this whole thing, it took about three months. One night before he went to bed, he's like blubbering off a prayer. And God said, so I'm hearing you becoming a doctor. (laughs) So he's like, okay. Okay, he says, yes, I am. He says, oh, you don't ask me. He's like, um, <laughs> um, can I? He says, no. Because if you put a title behind your name, you'll think it's about you, and we both know you cannot do this. Imagine that one, eh? You're... And God said to him, you're a perfect sign of what I could do with weakness. What's your weakness? What have you boxed yourself into? Let God embrace that weakness and say, God, this weakness, you're going to show yourself through this weakness. Matthew 6, verse 6. How do we become still? It's weird how people feel it very uncomfortable to become still. How many people really do not like being quiet, being still? It's weird. It's awkward. It's like, 
have you ever thought of putting, sitting yourself in a room and I'm just like, okay, there's quietness. I think when you've got kids, you do appreciate those moments. <laughs> like the only place you could feel you quiet is maybe in the toilet. Because <laughs> nobody can back you. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah. But when uh, growing up in my household, <laughs> uh, lucky God doesn't get offended when you go sit in the toilet and speak to him. Um, but growing up, and a bit of a, just a background of myself, a bit of a dysfunctional family. And things weren't always that kosher. And one stage, I don't know when in my life I decided this, but I just came to this realization, I cannot do this without God's presence. I cannot pull through this, what all this stuff that's going on without Him, and He, he must strengthen me. I would go into the toilet and close the door and say, Jesus, you and me right now, and I want to feel your presence. Like Moses said, I don't want to go anywhere except I feel your presence, your presence go. And then I was standing, oh, goosey, so and I would cry, and I, was, I could just feel him just filling that bathroom, that toilet. I even remember that toilet. I just, uh, and it's me and him, and I could feel his presence just strengthening me and just lifting me up. What are you going through? Are you going to decide to stay there, or are you going to decide to put yourself in a position so God can just come and strengthen you? Are you going to decide to be still, and let his presence lift you up and guide you, give you wisdom. I'm challenging you. Ah, uh, that's cool. I'm stretching you guys. That's cool, eh? I love it. Now, quickly, we must become still. In our stillness, we put our trust in him. When money is looking horrible, Budget is not whatever thing you're going through. You're going to become still. Now, do you know that there's people that actually take vow of silence? Do you know that? I think some people must. Some people just talk too much. <laughs> but, you know, there was <laughs> there's something behind being still. That the old men of God... Even, you know, okay, yes, they became religious, the monks and those kind of stuff. But this, a lot of it started in truth. And it just became religious. But a lot of it, there's truth behind that. And if we can get to that, I'm not saying go and take a vow of silence. I'm not saying that. But there is something that a person, actually, I read up a little bit about it. I'm not taking a vow of silence. Forget about it. That's not me. Um, but they actually discovered when they take a vow of silence, most people, they actually said, most people really need to shut up themselves. That's what they said. People gravitate to you for specific reasons. People, some people, just want to be listened to. There's power in saying nothing. That this person took a vow of silence, and that's what she discovered. Now, how much more with, with God? It's like, there's power in this. Learn to listen. When you become silent, you learn to listen. Sometimes we talk way too much. You try to become silent, it's like you've got this list of stuff you want to tell God. It's like God says, shh, and he's so good, and he listens. But and it's like, just... I want to talk to you. Practical steps to becoming silent. 
Pastor John just sent this to me, and I thought it was so good. Now, how many of you, sometimes when you want to become still, your mind starts running, I must do this, I must do this, I must, if you're a mother, you haven't done this, you haven't, you haven't, all this stuff. Pastor John does this quite often. You take a book and just write it down. Okay, okay, what do I need to do? No, I need to do this. I need, get it out of your mind. You'll deal with it later. So you put yourself in position, like almost, if you want to call steps to being silent, you know, you just in a distraction, unfinished business, you write them down. You put yourself in a position where it's just you and God. If it's your bedroom, wherever you can find, just you and God. Now, heeding to the voice of your conscience. Now, how many of you ever felt this? I felt this before. When I try to become silent, some condemnation bug just starts creeping up here. Or some guilt thing starts coming up here. And some shame thing. Oh, Jesus, I shouldn't have done that. Now, it's like this thing. How many have experienced that? Oh, yeah. Where it's just like you will try to just spend time with God. And it's like, oh, I should not have shouted at that taxi. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> forgive me. You know? And when it comes, deal with it immediately. When there's a condemnation comes, you deal with it. Now, I want to quickly, I heard this man of God put this so very good. Now, we are not this. If you embrace guilt in your life, you're actually saying you're not forgiven. When you embrace condemnation in your life, you say you're actually worthy of judgment. When you embrace shame in your life, it's still who I am. Jesus dealt with all of this. Jesus dealt with condemnation, guilt, and shame. So what you do, you sit and you say, Father, thank you that I have been forgiven. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you just remind yourself of who he is because he is good. You focus on him. You focus on his grace. You focus on the cross. You focus on him where, you know, and you see yourself, you clothe. You see yourself clothed with his righteousness. And you remove the wrong vision, your wrong understanding of whatever this is. He said, Jesus, I'm turning my back to this, and I'm just going to keep my eyes focused on you. Now, what is our motivation when we want to become still? What is your motivation? If your motivation is always just to get something from him, there's something wrong with this relationship. If my motivation is to... <laughs> To have a relationship with my wife, just to always get something from her, there's something wrong. Why do we do it to God? Why do we do it to Him? And you can answer yourself, what is your motivation? It's amazing how um, it's quite often you would, you know, if you get together with people and you say, pray, and say, let's just be still and be aware of Him. It's like for some reason there's a need to say something. <laughs> it's like you get, just be still and you're like, praise the or, you know. Oh, just shut up. <laughs> just embrace the moment of his presence just filling you and strengthening you. So what is your motivation? Not seeking for spiritual. Actually, you know, not seeking for spiritual enjoyment. Not seeking for anything but desiring to, uh, to please him and to do his will. A pure motive will result into a great encounter. Whatever result, great blessing, connection, a strong feeling at all. Accept in joyful and keep on seeking him, not the experience. So if you, it's amazing how we're very much led by our feelings. All of us, we're very much led by our feelings. Chris Valentine said, he says, our feelings is an incredible servant, but a terrible master. A terrible master. Great servant. 
terrible master. We are so much led by our feelings. So if I sit there, I want to pose this question quickly. Does God love us? So if you feel it or don't feel it, doesn't change it. So if I sit here and I say, Jesus, ah, oh, thank you that you love me. Just come and love me. Even if I don't feel it, I know it. But it's also nice to feel it. But if I don't feel it, it's also okay. If I don't feel him, all, I know he's with me. It's, I, I'm sure I know for uh, he is with me and he loves me. Regardless of where I feel it or don't feel it. Now, practice plus the grace of God will help you learn to become still. Don't limit God to meeting you according to your previous experience in prayer or lack of them. You know, otherwise it becomes monotonous. Every time he wants to reveal another aspect of himself, every single time he wants to come and just reveal himself, another experience will be, don't box him in, because believe me, actually sometimes he doesn't, but there's times where he just kicks that box open. It's like, don't you box me in. But sometimes he's a gentleman. He's like, okay, well, you want this, so let's, don't limit him. So I want to challenge you this week. Take time to be still. Take time to just get with you and him, and you just experience his love. James 4, verse 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Now, I pose the question, what battle are you facing? Now, Exodus 14, verse 14, I read it, and it also says, be still and know that he's gone. But he says, I will fight for you. All you need to do is be still. Now, I read through that passage of Scripture. Now, before they went to the Red Sea, and the... Pharaoh and the Egyptians came and they wanted to take them back or kill them or whatever they wanted to do. An angel actually started encamping around them. The Israelites saw light in front of them, but the Egyptians saw darkness in front of them. They couldn't see them. They encamped around him. Zechariah 2 verse 5, he will encamp around you with a wall of fire. So what are you facing? What are you facing? facing? What war do you find yourself in, in your mind, in your life? What war? Now, prophetically, I really want to say to you, you've done everything. You've prayed. You've done everything that you could think of doing. Now, be still. Let him fight your battle. Let him fight it now. To say out loud, I choose today become still, and to be aware of his love, of his presence, and of his Father's heart. So the challenge is going to come your way this week. Choose to become still. Be still. Know that I am God. We're all going through something, and I want you to learn to be still. Learn to get alone with Him. Learn. It's from that place. From, you know, shut your door. Close yourself off. And God who sees you in the secret will reward you openly.